are listening to the DGD Podcast. Sponsored by La Touraine. Here's your hosts, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Here's your Welcome host, to this episode of the DGD Podcast. by La Touraine. Make sure you use this DGD at checkout. 10% off site wide. But first, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Juan, it's a pleasure having you on again, sir. You know what we're about to talk about. You know what we're about to talk about. First off, we're going to talk about, we'll give you a little bit of a recap, a little bit of a preview for today's show for those watching. Guys, offensive breakdown for this 2022 class. LT Overton reclassing, what does that mean? Also, new hire. Right, offensive uh, outside linebackers coach uh, from TCU. Talk maybe a little bit about that. Might depending on how time goes, we might talk about that Monday. But also, obviously, new hire. Look, the shit show called Auburn, guys. If you're not familiar with it, we're going to bring that up a little bit. And uh, Mr. Fisher, Jimbo, and A and M kind of went a little bit defensive uh, at some comments on National Signing Day. So we're going to talk about that too, guys. It's going to be a lot, so get ready. But first, the 2022 class is over, or for the most part over, I should say. Uh, National Signing Day has come and gone. Wednesday uh, picked up EJ Lightsey, picked up uh, Andrew Paul, which is, in my opinion, well, outside of Christian Miller, probably the biggest pickup. Uh, look, that was a head-to-head battle with uh, Clemson, uh, you know, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Obviously, Christian Miller commits to the dogs. Uh, obviously, if you're a Gator fan, it was a bad, bad day Wednesday for you, uh, missing out on everything. Um, you know, Billy Bags apparently uh, did not secure the bag, um, but we'll talk a little bit about more, uh, more about that uh, when we talk about Mr. Fisher's comments on National Signing Day. But first, let's talk about this LT Overton news, guys. Uh, Juan, so he re- he re- uh, reclassifies from 2023. Uh, top top uh, consensus five star reclasses into the 2022 class. A lot of people, you know, caught, may have caught that off guard. We kind of knew it was somewhat. We knew an announcement was coming. You know, we thought I thought it may have been a commitment uh, with a reclass. Uh, also, you know, ultimately reclasses picks a top five. Right, it's supposed to take visits in March. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, what if you know? For instance, you know, the leaders I'm thinking are A and M right now. And Georgia, I want to get your thoughts on this. First off, on the reclass and, you know, having Overton in this class, what that would mean for Georgia and then what it could mean for A&M. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, for, first and foremost, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually uh, a trend that was started, I think, by Quinn Ewers last year um, when he reclassed, went to Ohio State. And, of course, then he obviously jumped ship uh, from, from Ohio State. But um, – it, it may be a situation where, you know what, LB decided, hey, may, maybe this senior year, we're not going to be that great. We're not going to compete for a state championship. You know, I'd rather go ahead and get my college started early. What it would mean for Georgia, Georgia right now, uh, you know, obviously it used to be known as, as, as running back U, but now it's going to be known as D-line U. If, 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 if we can pick him up, that would be absolutely huge. Um, he's a Georgia guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he went if he went to that parade um, on, on Saturday that I went to. Um, if you were even just anywhere near the area, saw it on TV. How can you go to something like that and not just come out of just a diehard Georgia fan to see all that love and everything that you know that 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 they show? And yeah, I know that they have the twelfth man in Texas A and M, and that's supposed to be really crazy and rowdy. But um, you, you know, for for a guy like that, making a decision at this age would probably mean, hey, I want to be closer to home. I want to make sure that my family can watch me play, go to these games. If you're out at Texas A&M, you know, it, 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 it's, it's going to be a little bit different. But what it would mean for Texas A&M, that would be eight five-stars. Um, so obviously something is going on that we just don't know about. But uh, I, I'll tell you what, um, you, you know, it, he would be better served, you know, being at, uh, being at Georgia. It's, co- it's College Station. People want to go play for an eight and four program. One, they just do. <laughs> yeah, right? they do. It's yeah, they want to go above and beyond. It's not thirty million dollars. It's hypocrisy. Right? right. It's, that's absurd. 
and it's laughable. Clown axe, all right? We're going to talk about that a little bit later, though. Save my energy for that because that's going to that's gonna be that's gonna be some uh, fire coming out of there. But look, in my opinion, this take right here, I look at it this way. His reclass could, could bring good news to Georgia, right? I, I think, you know, deep ties there is what his dad's the uh, AD at Kennesaw State. Um, you know, looking at a program, I think there's, I, I think he's looking outside of football a little bit. I, I think his dad might make him look, you know, kind of think more outside of football there. But, um, but nonetheless, like, you know, you look at what that means for Georgia, right? If you get him, you've already had probably arguably the best D line haul that I think we may have ever had. And you're adding to it. If he commits to Georgia, I think the fact that he didn't commit, uh, when he made his announcement actually kind of bodes well for us. Cause I know what his top five was A&M, Georgia, uh, Oregon, uh, Ohio state and Oklahoma. So, you know, we'll see what happens, what material materializes right from these visits, where he goes, all that stuff. You know, there'll be more, you know, right now I think A&M's got so much, so much of a hot hand on, on the recruiting trail that, you know, I think you have to look at them as a leader until Georgia can prove otherwise. Um, but also, I think, you know, Georgia's in on this. I think they're in deep in that. And, you know, looking at, you know, comparing the two, right? Georgia's a national title team. A&M can't even win their damn the division. I understand you've got Bama, and they beat Bama. But you can't lose to Arkansas like you did. You can't lose four games like you did. You just can't. And, and so, to me, looking at it, you know, and sure, Georgia brought in an elite class of D linemen, but look at what look at what Texas A&M brought in. That's more impressive for what it's worth because the just the elite level of talent they brought in is just absurd. Not, I mean, and look, we'll talk – like I said, we're going to talk more about this, but I'm just saying. You look – you can't – it's hard to really compare. Like, you, you're going in there. He, he, he has to know. He might not get playing time immediately, but he's just that good to where I'll, I'll get on the field. I'm good enough. You know, yeah. I, to me, that has to be that mindset. Just has to be. Yeah, um, you're right. But in regards to LT, look, we're going to keep monitoring this, right? I, I don't see it being over until maybe March, maybe even early April. I think I think we'll probably see it. My prediction is probably March. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously, we'll see what happens. Look, top five, top ten player consensus. Kid's really good. He'll play. He'll, he's going to be on a good, an elite D line player. Going to be really good wherever he goes. He's going to play. Um, but now we're we're going to move on here, and we're going to talk about and we're look. We're going to get to our offensive breakdown on Georgia, but these are so hot and so pressing that I think we just want to go ahead and get these out of the way now. <laughs> Juan, I'm gonna let you make a pick, man. I, I, we really kind of set this up, but I want I want to let you either talk about Auburn first or AM first. Which would well, you like to talk about? Right, let's talk about AM first. I mean, we okay. already kind of set, set set it up a little bit. All right, so we're gonna transition into going. this. Yeah, we're gonna transition into the AM. Look, I, look, I, I've seen AM fans thinking that Georgia salty, Bama salty, all that, depending on how your coaches talk about it. Look, if you don't know what I'm talking about press conference on National Signing Day, Jimbo basically gets questioned about this class that he's got, right? Look, they've, they signed seven five-stars. Seven. Seven. Seven five-stars. I think Georgia may have signed seven one time. <clears throat> I think the 2017 or 2018 class. Mm-hmm. But it's not consistent. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> excuse me. Got super defensive. Super defensive about it. Starts calling out what this bro Bible thing, uh, sliced bread, like like starts mentioning these things. And, and look, I'm not mad. I'm not mad that if you're paying for players because it's legal. Everybody knows it's legal now. So if you got it, do it right. But don't. To me, I felt like it was insulting my intelligence. Him sitting there and saying that we're not paying players. They the kids love our production. Like they love College Station. They, they they see what we're doing on the field. You went eight and four. You beat Bama. That's good for you. That's that's honestly a good thing, right? That you beat Bama. That's good. But to sit there and get that defensive when asked that kind of question and be that specific, you're 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 basically incriminating on yourself, but trying to be defensive. Just the way it is. Yeah. 
look, and look, like I said, as a, as a Georgia fan, look, I'm not mad because if you paying players, I wouldn't be sitting there getting defensive about it. If I if I was paying players, if you got a thirty million dollar fund, so what? Post about it. Tell these other coaches get used to it. It's going to be like this. We're going to pick these players up. Do something about it. Why are you trying to be all defensive about it? Yeah. I mean, he was I, also I, the same coach. The went on the, go ahead, Juan. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, and if you don't remember, he was also the same damn coach to go on there and say the game's been dirty. <laughs> yeah. So which one is it, Jimbo? Which one? Yeah. Well, look, then I'm, again, Tennille says that College Station is the best place in the world. Yeah, Tennille. Yeah, I mean – who, who wants to go and play it, it, it you know, in, in, in College Station? I mean, that, that, that's the biggest thing. But you also have to look at it, too. You, you're looking just at, at a crook. And if you look at Jimbo Fisher, he just looks sleazy. He just looks like, a, you know, one of those guys that's just that that that, that sleazy, you know, uh, uh, salesman, the guy on the corner that's opening up his trench coat and said, hey, I got what you're looking for, that, that, that type of guy. Now, on the flip side, you know, I, I've got to be honest, you know, J- Jimbo Fisher is a great coach. And, you know, the, what, what he's done at, you know, what he did at Florida State. I mean, he was great at Florida State, um, uh, you know, being just a, a, a Florida State guy. I mean, he won him a national championship. Now, how he got him that national championship, he's playing with a crook quarterback that should not have been playing in that national championship. That he allows graces for a guy that's stealing crabs, that's, you know, going around there assaulting women and all that. And he's just like, oh, well. You know, we'll just go and then, you know, we'll get our national championship and then just kind of get him out of there. So that's just the kind of guy he is. Um, but then again, too, you know, you're at Texas A&M. It's, a, it's a, uh, an engineering school. You're having guys that are, that are engineers giving to this $30 million fund. So just like you said, why not go and brag and, 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 and jump up and down and, and, and scream about it? Unfortunately, a lot of these other, other um, you know, schools, they're, they're not going to be able to do that. Um, produce that. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Miriam. Um, you know, she says Jimbo makes my skin crawl. Um, you know, what is the eight, eight and 10, you know, uh, or sorry, wait, we, well, yeah, what has he won in the last eight, yeah. yeah, eight, 10 years or so? He is a sleaze. I mean, he is, Look, he's just one of those guys that you just, he's just gross. I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't look, like I said, NIL is a thing. We, colleges, universities, coaches, right, whatever, we have to understand what's going on in this in today's world, adapt to it, and use it to your benefit because this is what's going to separate from the good programs, the great programs, and the elite programs, the adaptability, right? I understand you have teams like Texas A&M, you have Miami, USC, the, the boosters there have so much money, right? Now, albeit we've had this discussion before, I think production on the field, is going to play a part as well. It's not NIL is not going to be everything. It can be something for damn sure. Right? Yep. But when you tell when you're sitting here and telling me this, there was a stat I want to saw on social media from 2018 up until now. 20 I want to say 2018 05 stars. This is AM. 19, I think you saw one, 2020, maybe two, and then 2021, I think was uh one or two. After 2021, this is when NIL comes into place. Think about this. Here are those numbers. You went from two tops to seven as soon as NIL opens up. Looking at that stat right there, you're telling me that the money didn't play a single part in it. <laughs> now, I understand that coaches have to recruit, right? The coaches have to do this. I get that. Not knocking any AM coach. But to sit there and tell every single person in America that money did not play a factor at all into this and, and be that defensive, you're insulting my intelligence. Juan, they're insulting yours. Yep. And apparently the Colton College Station just soaks up every single thing he says. It's the Jim Jones era down there. They're drinking yeah. all the Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> right, all the Kool-Aid. Right, right. Yeah, you're and, look, right. and look, and people can talk about it. A&M fans are getting, think, you know, you can say what you want, saying that Georgia fans are saucy. Look, take it how you want it. But I'm telling you this. I'm not mad. I understand NIL's a thing. If you're paying players, it's legal now. It's illegal. It's not illegal. It is legal. You are able to do that. You do not have to be defensive and sit there and act as if it's illegal and you're trying to you know, justify you're not doing this. 
Right. Cut the bullshit. Cut the bullshit. I'm not mad. I'm mad that he insulted my intelligence. We know that he he was the guy that went on the Paul Feinbaum show, if you watch that show, and said the game's been dirty. Now it's just a legal thing to do. And then as soon as he's accused of something, right, gets questioned about it, the tables turn as if it's illegal. Which one is it? See, not that, that's just my thing. Uh, look, you can pay players all you want. If you got the money, do it, fam. Do it. Yep. Yep. But don't sit there and insult my intelligence along with everybody else's by saying that money didn't have a part in that. Cut you're that pretending not, yeah, pretending to, 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 to not what's going on, you know what's going on. I mean, it, it you know, call a spade a spade. And, you know, it, it is what it is. If I'm a coach and I'm getting these players based off of based off of money, at least, you know, you can look at me, you know, uh, of saying I'm a coach with integrity. At least I'm being upfront and honest of, of, of how we're making these things happen, whereas he not so much. Um, yeah, Tanil, Tanil got brought up a good point here. Tanil, oh, and Miriam, actually. Um, Jimbo's, you know, Tanil says, uh, Jimbo said, I want you to talk about it. Come find me. I'm not a hard man to find. Yeah, he, he literally said that. Like, that's the thing. But um, but also, you talk about it, it's a bigger it's a bigger scheme of things, right? Looking at the whole scope of college football right now and really college sports. NCAA has let this thing go. It's the wild, wild west. You, you, it's it's unregulated. You can't. Every state's doing it differently. So every state's going to have, a, you know, certain states are going to have, a, a, you know, benefits there. They're going to have an advantage. It's all depending on the state. Mm-hmm. The NCAA botched this from the start. They got forced to put something out when they were trying not to do it anyway. They were forced by the federal government basically put their hand in there, and now they throw out this shitty product. You're starting to see, right? Like it's literally the wild west. Yep. This is this is this is exactly what Miriam says. If the NCAA isn't going to do its job, it should be disbanded and a new entity created to keep your sport from being destroyed. Look, the, the NCAA is coming to an end. It's just a matter of time. Yep. And I, and I'm telling you, you're going. You might see multiple leagues, or you might see a super conference league, or whatever you want to call it. And I'm telling you, the guy that's going to be heading it up is probably Greg Sankey. It's just the way that's going to be. Yeah. But yeah, no, but look. yeah, and Miriam, Miriam, yeah, again, your your point. The NCAA is worthless. They have no rules in the NIL. The portal, it, it is probably one of the worst things that they have ever allowed to even even take place. I mean, it it, it it's horrible, and it tells kids, hey, I'm not satisfied with the playing time. I'm not satisfied with doing any of this. I'm going to go just hop somewhere else, and you don't have to sit out. You don't have to sit out. You go there. You you, you, you know, you get a chance to go and play and compete. And, and then what, what does that say, number one, about any type of loyalty? And I, I get it. I know coaches are flipping and going different places and, and all that. But a lot of that's going to be for their family. But, you know, you, you got a guy like, you know, and, and nothing against Isaiah Bond. You know, I said I, I coached him and, and my son played with him. But to, to, to say on national TV, Florida has always been my dream school. But I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Georgia. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go to Alabama. Um, you, you, you know, where, where is the law? And then of course, if he goes to Alabama is not happy with it, guess what? He could hop and go to Florida or go, go anywhere else. Whereas when I was in school, you know, you obviously had to sit out a year. Um, but you know, and, and I was telling a coach this morning, like it took me three years to get on the field. Um, and, and, and I waited my turn. And even when I was, uh, even that third year, when I finally got on the field, I was second string in a four wide receiver set. <laughs> so, you know, but you know what? I, I loved Georgia and I loved my football team. And just because I was not getting the playing time, I, I came out, I was a five star. Um, I, I was uh, joking with my son the other day because um, he always says that his team could have beat our team. And um, they, they pulled this thing up in 92. I was the number two receiver in the nation. So I'm the number two receiver in the nation. And it took me three years to get on the football field. So now if you've got somebody that's the number two receiver in the nation, they're expecting to play right away. There's no way from a pride standpoint that they can, you know, uh, uh, sit on the bench and, and, and wait their turn and, and just go in there and do what it takes. And so that the rules when it comes to the NIL um, is, is horrible. Uh, Facebook user said the NIL is going to ruin college football. I agree wholeheartedly. 
I agree wholeheartedly. It's, it's definitely if if it's not going to ruin it, it's definitely going to re-image what we view college football as being. Yep. Um, you're already seeing that. Um, you know, Miriam also talks about a set. You know, a, a basically a, a I guess you could say a theory to possibly alter right the transfer portal and things like that. Look, we might have to actually create a show just talking about the transfer portal. NIL and what we, you know, what could be done and how, how things could work. We might have to set mm-hmm. that up one. Um, yeah. So thank you, Miriam, for bringing that up. We'll definitely have to keep that in mind. Uh, you know, but one of the things that I'm really looking at here, you know, Jimbo's comments, look for the record here, I'm a, before we end this and we'll transition to something else. I'm not mad at Texas A&M for getting seven, five stars. I'm not mad because it's recruiting and how you do it is how you do it. If it's legal, it's legal. Fuck it. We're good. Right. But don't insult my intelligence. That's why I'm upset. Look, if you're paying players, it's okay, right? If any AM fan wants to come and sit here and hit me in the DMs and, and say I'm and I'm salty and all this, look, I'm not salty about y'all's recruiting class. Good, keep them, keep them to keep it together in a couple of years. See what happens, right? Yeah. That's the key. But when you, but what I'm upset about is the fact that your head coach sitting here insulting my intelligence along with everybody else. To listen to that press conference. It, it, there's just so much stuff around it that just it just doesn't add up to be College Station is this place to be. Well, yeah, it is because there's something else under there, right? right. It's called the bag. Right. It's yep. called the bag. And look, like I said, it's legal now. It's legal. Why why sit there and be like why hide it and be defensive about it? Right. Like, right. Boast about it if you got it. Do it. Tell other schools to do better. Get your weight up, however you want to call it, right? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Like, I'm upset that you insulted my intelligence. I'm not mad that you got seven, five stars, maybe even eight. Not mad about it, mad at all. Georgia's going to be right there in the title hunt anyway. I don't give a yeah, shit. I don't see Texas A&M being a title contender, I mean, at all. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I'm not mad at all at Texas A&M. I'm not mad. I'm not one of them. You might have some other folks that are, yep. but I'm not. Yep. I'm just Facebook user said that uh, it, it's yep it's it's the lying. I mean, and, and Saban's with the same same trash. You know, now Saban is calling for regulation of the of, of the transfer portal after he's gotten some Georgia players and players all over the place. You know, he's don't got tell a, that to Lincoln. Got, Riley. You heard? Yeah, yeah. You hear, you hear about Lincoln? What his what his comments were yet uh, on National Signing Day? No, no. <sighs> the worst person that you could sit there and say what he said he did. Every look. I've talked to Oklahoma folks. They hate him yep. for what he did. My man left almost like in the middle of the night, called a divorce off, right? Goes goes out west, goes to LA, raids the portal. I think his I think like the recruiting class was fine, but he basically he had like I want to say at some point like maybe 20, 20 some kids from the portal raided Oklahoma. Got a kid, uh, Travis died from Oregon, like different places, right? Kids going, transferring to uh, USC, all portal, right? Like 20 some kids or something like that in the portal. Just ridiculous amounts of stuff. And then sits there and it needs to be regulated. There needs to be guardrails because it's bad for players. It's bad for coaches. What? Yeah. We, you, you're saying this. You're saying this. Yeah. I heard this yesterday. It sounds to me like he's kicking the ladder out from underneath of him. Oh, I did this. I took advantage of it, but it's not good. So let's do some regulation so it doesn't right. happen again. Right. Kind right. of thing. Yeah. That bullshit. Just, just, just best to keep your mouth shut. You know, just shut your mouth. They, they can't keep their mouth shut, man. Right. Look, like I said, the transfer portal, it is what it is. If it's not getting regulated, so be it. Right. It's legal. Yeah. Like it's wild, yeah. wild west. Get over it. Yeah. You know, learn how to shoot a gun or you're going to get killed. Right. Yeah. Like simple enough. But um, you know, but yeah, the, the comment right there was just complete, like insulting your intelligence. Both both guys did, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and Tanel says Kirby just keeps his mouth shut. No, I think Kirby just says the right things. He he don't sit there and, and kind of stuff his foot in his mouth in in that regard. Like, like I said, we saw we saw what we saw exactly what Lincoln Riley did. Like, goes to goes to USC, right? It is what it is. Goes to USC, but then he picks Oregon or picks Oklahoma's team apart through the portal, like just have an like insane amount. Look, Oklahoma's still going to be fine. Brent Venables is going to be fine. Yep. But my man picked up. He picked up Caleb Williams. He took, Caleb Williams, he yeah. took a ton of kids and just – and their commitments, not even that. Just, so you look at that right there, 
and then come out and say this is bad for this is bad for the athletes, it's bad for the coach. It what like like that that like the same shit that Jimbo does insult your intelligence. That's the problem. It, it's not what you did. It's just the fact that you insult my intelligence and saying shit like that. Right, <laughs> like right. it makes no sense. So it's like what you know. It is what it is. But I want to talk about this right here because this comes a little bit closer to home. Auburn. Brian Harson. I don't know what's going like I've I've heard what's going on, but what's going on is causing Auburn to be just a complete mess. And look, as dog fans, I'm all for this. I'm all for this. Um, you know, there's been rumors like I, I what it sounds like rumors or speculations that like he had an affair uh with a with an assistant or something like that. Uh, definitely Bobby Petrino vibes there. Um, <laughs> definitely. I mean, might even Riding walk on the back of motorcycle and stuff. Yeah. Neck brace and everything might come out with that into a press conference, you know? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, apparently, you know, look, Austin Davis gets hired from the Seahawks, not even there a month and a half steps down. Right. Uh, so you, you lose your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator. Bobo comes to Georgia, which did you hear about his contract details? hundred K to get Bobo back to Athens. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's nothing. Yeah, like crumbs. Oh yeah, but um, but anyways, you sit there, you know, like I said, you lose you lose uh, Mason. Mason goes to what's it, Oklahoma State or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So you lose both your coordinators. You bring in an offensive coordinator. He steps down. Apparently, all that stuff right there. Now you've got now you've got former players that transferred out. I'm gonna say like Lee Hunter was basically said that they got treated like dog shit. Um, you know, in this attempt to win, right? Like. You have that right there. You have this whole affair possibility, right? Like, look, there's 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 talks about him getting, you know, the the, the major players there, right? Everybody knows Auburn is ran by the boosters. They they Gus got Gus should have never left, right? But we saw what happens. This is what happens when you get too rambunctious in micromanagement, too much micromanagement from your uh, important boosters. You you let go of the guy that can somewhat consistently beat uh, Nick Saban. And now this is your you're reaping what you sow. You mm-hmm. get Brian Harson, and within a, a year and a half, just just complete like just a complete dumpster fire. Like no, like you're literally your whole fan base is running around with like you know like your eagle with your head cut off, right? I don't know if <laughs> like is it a tiger an eagle? Who knows? We're just gonna go plainsmen. They're also the plainsmen too. The plainsmen. Like which one is it? Pick it. Like that's another thing that pisses <laughs> me off about Auburn. Pick your damn mascot and be done with it. But enough about that. It's just a complete mess. And obviously, this still is kind of like an ongoing thing. So obviously, news will come, you know, as it comes. But if I'm an Auburn fan, yeah, it, it's I'm disarray. And then, 110%. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of disarray. And then, you know, ranking wise, they're number 18. Um, that, 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 that's got to be tough. Uh, you know, there, there's nothing about their recruiting class that was anything special. Um, that you'd look at and be like, whoa, like that's, you know, they, they got a big get. Um, you know, Harson has, um, you know, it, it, it's weird. You almost are kind of like, what what are you doing? You know, I, I thought at one point in time when he let Bobo go, you know, and, and, and the wide receiver coach that he was trying to bring in some of his old guys from Boise State. But that wasn't the case at all. Um, it, it, it's just it's, it's just a train wreck. Um, and then even, you know, because, you know, my, my son got an opportunity to go down and and, and visit, you know, throw, and it just, just had an eerie feel about it. It just wasn't, you know, just wasn't something that was, that was right. So, you, you know, like, I, I'm like not you, mad about like it. You said they, they didn't, when, when you're, when you're having to go up against Georgia and Alabama every year, you, you have to hit the recruiting trail and make and, and win victories win recruiting battles. They didn't at all. Nope. At all. And that, how much of that's on Harson? A lot, because yeah. you know and they like, had some momentum. I mean, if you sit there and think about it, no different from Texas A and M. You know, you could say you took Alabama in overtime, and yeah. and all you know, and, and it's an easy sell. All we need is you. All we need is a few players, and then we're gonna get over that mountain. You know, why don't you come? You know, come come to Auburn, like be a part of something special. And they couldn't do it. <laughs> like I said, they they were eighteen. They were eighteen. And I only yeah. know that because Stanford was 17. So, look I mean, that, that's, look at that. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you this. You know, look, 18th, 18th nationally is not bad. 
if you're any conference except the SEC. Exactly. A hundred percent. Like, let's be honest here. This will be a good transition over here. The top three classes, guys, the top three classes, A&M, Alabama, Georgia. Then you had Ohio State and Texas rounding out the top five. I think Texas jumped Ohio State potentially for yeah. four. I know with Devin Campbell, that's a big pickup from them. But we're not talking about we're not talking about the Horns. Top three. That means if you're outside of the top five, you're fourth in the SEC right now. <laughs> yeah. Basic math tells me this. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, absolutely. Look, there, there's 14 teams right now in the SEC. Yep. If you're not a top five team, you're already putting yourself close to the middle of the pack. And you tell me. You sit there and you hype up a top a top fifteen class. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If you're in the SEC, you can't boast about a top fifteen class. Not even close. Patrick says Auburn is approaching Florida dumpster fire level. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Absolutely <clears throat> you know, right. You know what, Patrick? Patrick, I want I want you to understand that comment right there. Just shows you how damn good Georgia has it right now. Yeah, coming off of a national championship. Your two biggest rivals are complete and utter messes. Yeah. Billy Billy Bags missed and whiffed on everything National Signing Day. <clears throat> Auburn, we just talked about this. Damn, it feels good to be a dog. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. <clears throat> when the Facebook user, you know, earlier said, you know, Auburn's gonna be a dumpster fire for several years. The program is in shambles. And then he also asked, you know, when is Texas and Oklahoma coming over? I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in for an absolute beatdown year in and year out. I mean, they just are, um, um, you, you know, to, to have um, Venables going over there. Yeah, they're going to improve defensively, but I don't see them doing very well offensively. And then, of course, you got Sarkeesian, who's a great offensive mind. But Texas was terrible last year. They were absolutely terrible. If Texas tells you anything about how they're going to do anything in the SEC, tell them to focus on Kansas. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, right. Now, but to, to answer this question, though, the, the contract, if I'm not mistaken, was they were supposed to be up in 2025 initially. Um, the initial, initial thoughts from a lot of people were that they were going to hop in almost immediately. If I had to make a prediction, I think you see it 2023. Uh and Juan's point, you know, talking about just getting utterly annihilated when they come in. I agree, but I disagree slightly. <clears throat> Texas Texas is going to have a rough transition. Um, Oklahoma, I think, is more suited to be in a place where they have a little bit more success early. I, I don't see them – I don't see this Missouri situation when they joined, right, catching the East when we were all down and winning the SEC East like their second year. I don't see that. Yeah, that, that, but I do that, see that, that. them. Look, depending on how it plays out, right? More than likely, you're going to a pod scenario. So, however those pods play out, you know, it's going to be telling, right? Because yeah. I expect them to have a couple losses. Look, the the Big Twelve, you you have Baylor, and let's be honest, Dave Aranda and that defense at Baylor was legit defense. Not going to be mad about that. Not going to not going to crap on that. But it's not the SEC. Yeah. And you can tell me all this about this SEC bias, but when you're sitting there and you have to play Alabama, you, Alabama, Arkansas, hey, Arkansas beat the shit out of Texas. Think about that. Beat the hell out of Texas. <clears throat> so, Texas, yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't think you're ready. I yeah, think I, you're I think ready. the difficulty for Oklahoma is going to be, you know, number one, you, you've got a defensive coach that's coming in there. So they're going to go from a – you know, they, they want to do, you know, and typically your defensive coaches, your Sabins, your Kirby's and and, and and all these guys and even landing out out in Oregon. They want to slow the game down. They want to slow the game down. They want to put it in the defense's hands and and, and then they want to just try to run the football um, and, and starting out. You know, it, it's almost better to be kind of high powered um, and, and, and opening it up and not have that mindset. So I, I think Oklahoma, you know, they, they will they will have the pieces. But then again, if, if you're going into a situation, if I'm an offensive guy, a receiver, quarterback, I don't want to go into a situation like that. I just don't where, you know, you got a defensive minded coach that says, hey, I want to kind of slow it down, run the football, and, you know, and, 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 and play with our defense. Short passes and all that kind of stuff. They may struggle, struggle a little bit if 
if Venables has that mindset. Absolutely. So we've, we've, we've done enough talk around the SEC, around the whole gauntlet of the NCAA. Let's transition this to focus on Georgia. And let's, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball, right? In my opinion, obviously a top three class, we finished third for what it's worth. Obviously LT depending on it, but we're not there yet. But on the offensive side of the ball, to me it seemed like Georgia picked positions of need but could have done better in certain spots too, right? So we'll start off with quarterback, right? Gunnar Stockton, I, I think for what it's worth, you know, I don't know how the quarterback position will play out. I don't think nobody does right now. I expect him to not really see much playing time this year. Maybe next year you might see any something different. But nonetheless, he's still a good quarterback, right? Um, you know, we've talked about this. In my opinion, I think he needs to be better in the pocket. He's, you know, if you've watched him at Raven County, you kind of know he's really good at rollouts and, and, and making plays on the run. And that's, and that's, that's valuable. That is very valuable. I, you know, and, and we saw him even in the All-American game, you know, being that type of bully runner, right? Like he, he's physical running the ball. How much of that matters – you know, I want to see if he has the mobility, right? He, he can he can move out of the pocket and everything. When you go to the SEC, those guys hit, and when they hit, they move you. Like you, You've played in this. You understand where I'm coming from. If, 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 I'm, if I'm Gunner or if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm Todd Monken and I have any kind of visit, you know, for his future, I, I'm telling you, I want to see him stay, you know, stay more in the pocket, but also if you need to run out, do that right there. The running – Learn to slide, my man. <laughs> like just, just to extend your career. Nothing wrong with it, but just to extend your career, slide. Right. That, that's as valuable for quarterback. But you know, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at the quarterback room, I'm grading it. At, I'm grading it a B plus. Right. Gunner was a, a really good quarterback. Right. Kind of a small time football, you know, up there in, in uh, Redmond County. But you have to give the accolades. Right. Like broke state records. Right, that that's that's valuable stuff. Like that's you can't discredit things like that. Um, so I'm giving it a B plus. What would you grade the quarterback uh, room for the 2022 um, class? Well, I, I'm not the I'm not the biggest Gunner fan. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just not. Um, I, I don't think that from a from a traditional Georgia quarterback, if you just go all the way back to Eric Zier, and and as, and as you go. They just had those guys. They they sit in the pocket. They make accurate throws. Just, you know, just kind of like that whole JT Daniels. Um, and I, I think you know Stetson did a decent job of really sitting in the pocket. Of course, he had that escapability, but being comfortable in the pocket. And um, if you look around the SEC, and uh, you 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 will see that you don't have those guys that are big time runners. Um, you know, you had that with 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 Arkansas. And I tell you what, man, he went and when they played Georgia, he took about two or three hits and he then became a, a tried to become a pocket passer. Um, so so, for, you know, from, from the quarterback room, um, you know, you, you, you've you've got Stetson coming back. Not sure what Carson Beck's going to do. You've got, um, you know, Vandergriff. Um, you've got, you know, you've got uh, Gunner. I, I would say. I'd give it a C. Really, you know, you don't have that guy that's really just that 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 breakout guy to me. Um, obviously, if we would have gotten Caleb Williams, that would have been a huge, huge pickup. Um, but but in the grand scheme of things, that's Kirby's type of guy. He doesn't want a gunslinger. He doesn't want that guy that's going to go out there and make plays or have to throw 30, 40, 50 times a game. So. Uh, th- this is th- this is exactly you know he he's completely fine with that. Let's let's rely on the running game, let's rely on our defense, special teams, uh, and, and and we'll make it happen. Um, and and you're doing that, and you know just it. But you know I, I would say a C, um, quarterback wise. And then but 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 who knows? Like I, I I'm still holding out hope for Arch. You know. Oh yeah. If, 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 if we get We've Arch, got Manning, a lot of time for 2023. But, but, and, We're gonna and, cover and, that a lot. I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. If I'm Arch Manning and I'm looking at the Georgia quarterback room, I'm jumping for joy right now. I'm skipping. I'm singing and dancing because he's going to have an opportunity to play as a freshman if he comes in. I think he's going to be that good. 
Whereas if you go to Alabama, you're going to have to sit, you know, sit a year, uh, depending on if, if, if Bryce Young, you know, leaves early. So well, yeah, and then you still got Ty, Sim- like Ty, Ty Simpson. Simpson. Yeah, Ty you got Simpson's you got Ty yeah. Simpson, and then no matter you know, and no telling who else they're they're going to be looking at or who may even they you know may even get from the transfer portal. But if I'm if I'm Arch, I'm looking at Georgia. So absolutely. Now we're going to transition over to the running backs. And everybody's familiar with with Branson, right? Branson signed in the early early signing day. Uh, look, Branson Branson brings that kind of you know what we need to the running back. But on you know just you know a couple of days ago, you know Andrew Paul, right? We also lose Jordan James. Uh, he flips from you know from Georgia to uh, Oregon, and mm-hmm. we had been talking about that as well. We kind of knew it was coming, right? Kind of the right was on the wall there. Uh, but nonetheless, you lose Jordan James, you, you pick up Andrew Paul uh, in, in a really tight battle with Clemson. Like uh, really up to that point, nobody really knew what Paul was going to do. Uh, but if I'm taking and I'm solely looking at the two backs that we got, I'm giving it a solid B plus on this. Again, you look at what they bring in. I don't know. I don't know if you've looked at it, but if you haven't, I suggest you look at Andrew Paul's highlight tape. You know, you look at what it is in the in the, in the Dallas area. Um, you know, you look at his tape, and it's just to me, you know, because we know what Branson's about, right? We've saw Branson. We've done a lot of research on Branson. He's been in the class for a while, but we didn't know much about Andrew Paul, late riser uh, in the class. Look, he's got easy speed. He's got he's got quick. He's very fast, right? It doesn't look fast, but it is. You have that right there on top of patience and his cuts. My thing that most impressed me was his cuts. But he can break tackles and he can do a lot and do it all. Right now, we'll see how it transitions to see how he comes in at Georgia. But if I'm taking those two guys right there, I'm giving this class a B plus for the running backs. But you also have to understand, 2023. It doesn't matter if you picked up Andrew Paul or not. I guarantee you, Georgia's going to go hard. Del McGee is going to go for two elite backs because the 2023 class is just that deep with elite talent at running backs. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. Before before B Mac came in, I, I would have said a B plus. Now that B Mac is there, I, I'm going to give him an A. Um, he's he's just going to elevate those guys, and he's going to make sure with you know with, with Brian McClendon, even though he's the wide receiver coach, he's also going to be the passing game coordinator. You can best believe he's going to make a way for those backs to 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 get the ball out of the backfield. You got Branson coming in. Uh, there was a picture of him. Um, and I think he was at uh, some like I think a camp MVP camp or or whatnot. He looked like probably like in his 30s, and he looked like this big muscular father of six. I mean, he is humongous, and oh, he's, he's, just, he's massive. Yeah, he's massive. And then of course you look at his highlights; it's not just massive, but he just runs angry. And when you've got guys that are running angry, even though like I said, he's got the patience, he's got the vision. But he just runs. He just runs angry. And then, of course, you know, you know, given what, what we have right now, I'm going to say an A just because I truly believe even though B-Mac is not the running back coach, he's going to level those guys up. I mean, think about this, though. You, you talk about B-Mac, but he, he's a receivers coach slash pass game coordinator. Think about that. That right there, that pass game coordinator, that gives him the ability to touch the running backs a little bit. And in regards to that right there, that development from the running backs when he gets to work with them, that's I can understand why you're giving it an A now. Um, but let's move on. Here is the first question mark where I really have with the offensive side of the ball, and that's at the receiver position. Uh, you know, you have Chandler Smith, you have Denylon Morissette, you have um, Cole Spear, right? You have Cole Spear and uh, Dylan Bell, right? And, and look, while while those guys, you know, you add. You know, you're losing a lot from the normal team, you know, the current team. You're replacing them. Denylon, uh, CJ is a burner. Denylon, we've talked about this. You know, Denylon it could come in and play right away if you really wanted to. I'm, I still have questions here. Uh, Facebook user says they're concerned with the uh, wide receiver room and the offensive line. We'll talk about a little bit that in just a second. You know, Bell, I like what I see with that, uh, with Bell and Cole Spear. All these guys are good, but it's the misses that we missed on. Luther Burden. If look, if we hit Luther Burden and he comes to Georgia, this B, you know I'm giving it a I'm giving it a B minus, just because I like what we you know the niche kind of roles that we got with CJ with Denylon. You know, not knocking uh, Dylan Bell, not knocking those guys right there, but I love what I see from Denylon and I love what I see from CJ Smith 
because C.J. Smith has that freakish speed that Arian Smith has. But nonetheless, I'm giving it a B minus because we needed to hit and we need to get that elite receiver. Pickens is gone. Pickens was that elite receiver that we got, right? He's gone now. Jermaine Burton's gone now. I understand what we're bringing back, right? AD, you know, Ladd, all these guys. Look, they made plays and everything like that. But from this recruiting class solely, you don't have that elite receiver. Luther Burden, if you watch his all-star game, the first play catches it to the house. I think it's like 70, 65, 70 yards. Straight to the house. Boop. Shit like that is what Georgia needs if we're trying to literally keep evolving and becoming that juggernaut that we want to be. We 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 got to that we got to the pinnacle now. Now we gotta stay up there. And having an elite receiver is what you need. It's not what you want, it's what you need to be there. Right? I understand. I'm not looking at what we've got currently on the team. I'm trying to focus solely on the recruiting class. We didn't get that elite game changer. We got great players, but we didn't get that elite game changer, which is why I'm giving it a B minus and almost a C plus. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it an A plus times a million. I I I, I think Bell is it the B Mac? Huh? Is yeah, it? It's it's not, it has nothing to do with B Mac. So today's February fourth. 2022 i'm telling you right now you heard it here first the the nylon will probably be one of the best receivers at the university of georgia he didn't get a chance to play in that all-american bowl because of covid um i I think that uh, when they did the testing i think he tested positive for covid if you have an opportunity to look at at some film and he was actually out half of the year um, you know, with, with, with a hand injury, he completely changes the entire football game. And again, I'm a wide receiver, so I know, like I, I, I've coached him, I've seen him since he was in the seventh grade. And you just know you'll look at somebody and you're just like, wow, I can't even, I can't even believe this is this, this, this is happening. But he is that guy. He is gonna. He, he's he's fast. He's gonna blow the top off of it. He goes and, and and all these plays that you see in the NFL, he's he's a dog. And when I say a true dog, meaning that when that ball goes up, he's the only one that feels like he's on the field by himself. He's going to get it. He's going to snatch. So he is that elite. I mean, he is a- a- absolutely amazing. But and, and I see here, too, we, uh, Facebook user, we need it, uh, to use our elite QB. No elite receiver is going to come here unless we get um, you know, get the ball to them down the field a, 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 a thousand percent. But the nylon is going to be that jump ball guy, too. He is, I'm telling you right now, please, you know, we'll go back to this. We'll come back to this podcast when I tell you he is going to be that much of a game changer. He's that good. You heard it from him right there. Yep. So, so, like I said, I think the misses is like I like I said, I love what we brought in from a receiving core standpoint. I, I think all these guys are going to have successful careers, things like that, right? But like I said, I think the misses is what had to t- peg me down some because if we hit Luther Burden, if we get Kojo Ansui, Kojo Ansui, in my opinion, is more raw than Denialan right now. But and him going to Ohio State, in my opinion, is probably the best thing he could have made, the decision wise. Because Brian Hartline is going to develop him like nobody else. And I love Terrence Edwards, but but him going there, he's going to get developed by, in my opinion, the best receivers coach in the country. And I love BMAT. I know what he can do. But Brian Hartline is probably the best developing wide receivers coach in the country. And for him to be where he is now in regards to being raw – Brian Hartline's going to polish him up, and then his ceiling is going to be ridiculously high anyway. So if if he can tap into that potential by developing him, that's what's going to make the Kojo miss a lot worse for us. But like I said, I genuinely like what you know. And Juan said this himself. You know, Denialan's going to be a dude, and and I and I agree with that. He's ready to come in and play right away SEC football. You know, you look at Dylan Bell. Dylan Bell is going to Dylan Bell will find a way to get on the field. I, I, he's that twitchy. Like you know, kind of like open space type guy. He just fits in. He's gonna find. He's gonna find his way onto the field. Kirby. Kirby's been known to rotate these receivers anyway. You get where I'm going with this. Cole Spears kind of the same way. Maybe not as twitchy, but I think he can. He's a good route runner. Solid hands. 
but then you got CJ Smith. CJ Smith is Arian Smith, hopefully just a little bit more healthy. And I love Arian Smith, what he's able to do. When he's on the field, we know what he can do. But Arian Smith has to stay healthy. But if not, CJ Smith is that burner, the Arian Smith burner right there that we need. So all like in, in regards to niches and roles, I, I love what we brought in. I'm giving it a B. I think it was a B minus just solely off the misses and how impactful those can be uh, to, to what George is bringing in. But that's also going to bring us to the tight end spot, which I give an A plus. Give Todd Hartley the bag. Give that man the bag because it's not only what he's doing for 2022. I mean, a couple, couple years past, obviously you see what happens. Darnell tried to bring in Arik Gilbert, ultimately gets him in here after he goes to LSU. You sit there, you look at – Brock Bowers, he gets his man. He is the mount. He is the mounty. He, he gets his man. He always gets his man. WWF reference right there, baby. <laughs> but no. So you have, like I said, Brock Bowers, and now you got Oscar Delp for this class. And if you watch Oscar Delp, he's at he's at receiving tight end, similar to what you see from Bowers. I, I think he gets his blocking down a little bit better. Kid's going to be on the field. And, and now you sit there, if Darnell, which I think Darnell could honestly stick around, and if that's, if that's the case, it's huge. It's huge. Because then you give me Brock Bowers, you give me Darnell. You could put 13 personnel and open it up into a complete empty set and run it that way. Think about that. Like, you run an empty set with three tight ends and two receivers, and you give, you give me the threat right there. Like, whether you put <clears> – <throat> like, I'm just sitting here getting thoughts as I'm talking. <laughs> give me, give me like Arik Gilbert at the receiver, right? Give me, a re- give me him right there on the same side. Give me, give me uh, Darnell on the same side. Give me bunched up on the on the uh, on on the right side. Give me Bowers and Delp, and then give me Ad Mitchell on the other side. Just picture that. You don't even need a running back there. Just get a quick. It's just insane. The size is alone right there. So, like I said, just picturing all this right here, the 13 personnel could be a thing uh, if if Delp pans out like we expect him to. So, Mary, Mama Delp over here, it's going to be fun. Yep. She's, it's going to be fun. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, you yep. know, hey, Richard I, Johnson just said it, it, it. It's almost isn't fair. It, it really it, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, Munkin has a goal <clears throat> mind. You can do so many things, and it's, it's hard as a defensive coordinator to prepare for. It really, really is. So I'm giving it A plus one. I'm assuming you're probably a thinking plus. Close yep. to the same. I'm on the yep. same. I, I, I echo everything unanimous. that you said. I think it's unanimous there. Yeah. All right. So final thing we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the offensive line class. Uh, in my opinion, the the big one of the in this offensive line class, uh, definitely Ernest Green. And I love what I see from Ernest Green. Kid is going to play like an animal. He's he's going to be an animal. <clears throat> he is. It's going to be insane. You're not going to sit there. I was watching Brooks. Shout out Brooks Austin. Watching a film study. Kid has insane hands. Super strong hands. You're not going to sit there and bully him. Or he will. He will bully you. <laughs> he will bully you. Um, so I love what I got from Ernest Green. Missed on Elijah Pritchett. I think Elijah Pritchett could be the best offensive lineman in this class. It was kind of a weak offensive line class. But Elijah Pritchett going to Bama is going to sting because I think he's going to be probably the best one to come out of this class mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but nonetheless, like I said, you get uh, you get Ernest Green, right? And then you look at what else you bring in. Bobo, so you've got Alu Bob from IMG. Yep. Uh, Jacob Hood, uh, big kind of a project, and I mean big. I'm talking big, six eight, about three forty, right? Big project. Uh, then you got Griffin Scroggs, you know, out of uh, Grayson. Yep. I'm, I'm telling you right now, people can say what he wants, right? what you want about Griffin, and I kind of questioned a little bit. But I think what I saw at the All-American game is I understand why we're starting to see him and his importance in this class, and that's the ability to be a true center. Um, you know, obviously you got Cedric Van Pran, going to be a dude. He's already shown that. He's going to continue to be that way. But getting Griffin Scroggs in as a true center, in my opinion, I think is going to be truly beneficial. Who can uh, and move. I expect you I mean, to see can, him. He, he can flat out move. And it's so funny because I, I had an opportunity to coach Griffin for two years. And, uh, you know, he was our he, he was our tackle because um, he was hands down the biggest, you know, biggest kid on the field. Um, but his attitude, um, he, he's a he, he's a team first guy. 
but his attitude is once you know once once that whistle blows or you know once that that, that clock is set, he goes out there to try to punish anybody, um, in in his way, and he's just only going to a situation in which he's going to compete, and those guys are going to make each other better. So that, no that's a great a great situation. Then you got Bobo, you know, you got Drew yeah, Bobo and Drew coming Bobo, in, Drew Bobo. Um, as well, here. who's probably of of the linemen will probably be the most cerebral probably will know the game more so than others just to simply for the fact that his dad is a has been an offensive coordinator he's been a head coach and now he's going to be the you know an, an offensive analyst so he is probably going to be one of the smartest guys and, and don't be surprised if you see him get on the field a lot earlier than most of those guys because he'll be able to pick those things up very very quickly Absolutely. So we're going to recap this offensive class. Look, if I had to give my grade for the offensive line, I'm giving it a solid B. Um, th- look, I have to give it a B, but just based off solely, like, j- it's kind of a weak class, like, for what it's worth. Right? I think 2023 is going to be ridiculously strong. Um, yeah, 2021 was, too. Um, but I-, I think based off the class, I can't give it any kind of an A grade, honestly. Um and that's like I said, that's just a knock to the whole entirety of the class, in my opinion. But getting Ernest Green was big; it was big. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a probably a solid B because, like I said, I wish we would have gotten Elijah Pritchett. I think that right there, if you get Ernest Green and Elijah Pritchett, then I think you really push that B plus A minus level because you got some of the best of the best within this class. Um, missing on Elijah Pritchett kind of stings. But, look, like you said, you got Drew Bobo, Griffin Scroggs. They're going to come in. They're going to compete. And they're going to be dogs. They're going to play physical. They're mean. That's all the stuff you kind of want, right? And then you get you kind of get that project, in my opinion, with Jacob Hood. But he, the measurables, if, if you tap into it and get it the right way, could be a huge reward, right? Right, right. So you have, I have to give it like a B, solid B. Like I said, I think you go B plus if you get Elijah Pritchett. That was a big miss. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, B. I mean, there's not really anything you can rant and rave about. So, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, if, if look, if we're going to do that, we'll, we'll, we'll do one little segment here, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Give me your X factor on the offense. Who is your X factor for this class? Uh, Denylon. I can't, I can't say it enough. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot say it enough. He's that guy. See, I, I want to go with you, but for the sake of the show, I want to kind of switch it up. Give me, give me Dell. No, no, no. Give me, give me Branson. Give me Branson. I like. It. I know. I know he's got Kendall and Kenny right now, but I'm telling you, he's going to see. He's going to see some playing time early, especially with you know how Kirby likes to rotate. Yep. And look, there was a lot of work that was done, and I don't want to sleep on Andrew Paul, so don't get me wrong here, but I'm just saying. Branson Robinson can do it all. Mm-hmm. He, now, how fluid he is, right? It's going to be interesting to see. But like I said, I think Denial is going to be there, and I wanted to use that, but you took it. Yep. I'm going to switch it up and go Branson. <laughs> yes, I, I still think Branson. Yep. You, hey, you, Rich, you, Richard, you, Richard's with you too. All He said Branson all damn day. Now, look, I'll say this too. You could also give me Delp. I, I think Delp's going to do the same thing that you see with Brock Bowers ultimately. Yep. That's just me. Um, but I, I wanted to go Branson. I, Look, I, I understand he's a little bit different. Like his body, his body composition kind of reminds you of a Nick Chubb, but he's not Nick Chubb. He's just not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's kind of does this. I don't know if you've ever seen this tape, but he kind of does this real like like ch- fast feet kind of like patience, and it's nice. Oh, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. yeah. So like you give me that patience and everything, but he's been working on uh, catching balls out of the backfield as well. Uh, that's really kind of caught huge. my attention too, and that's going to be that's big. Gonna that's going to be yeah. big. Huge. So, so there's your X factor. Uh, for the offense, obviously the offensive breakdown. Look, we've talked a lot, Juan. We've talked a lot. To, uh, we're not going to do a Q&A today. We've, we've went on a tangent for an hour now. So we're going to wrap it up for today. Obviously, let us look. Let us know what you thought about the offense. Give us your grades. Uh, give us your X factor if you choose to do so. Um, who, who is that X factor? If you want to type it in the comments or let us know on social media, whatever the case may be. Uh, also, let us know about – look, we got a Discord now where you can sit there and talk Georgia football. Use the link right here uh, if you want to join. Look, it's completely free, fun. We just sit there and chit-chat. Got got teams from all across the country, really. Uh, got some Gators in there. Got some Vols. I need my dogs to show up, though. Uh, but no, look, Juan, nonetheless, my man, 
great show. And can't wait for Friday, or Monday, I should say. Wow. Can't wait for Monday. We're going to break down the defensive side of the ball. Look, we're not going to have none of these, you know, we're not going to have this discussion about Jimbo. We're not having none of that. So we're going straight into defense because defense was heavy in this class. Absolutely yeah, heavy in this class. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, so stick around for hey, Monday. Appreciate the, appreciate the shout out, Richard. Appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Yes, sir. With that being said, though, guys, have a great weekend. Remember, Monday, we're going to be talking about the defense. Same thing you saw here, same time. With that being said, Juan, have a great weekend, and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks for listening to the DGD Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the DGD Podcast YouTube channel, where you can watch live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DGD Podcast. And check out the website at www.dgdpodcast.com.